Welcome to The Catalyst, where we explore creative ideas to spark innovation in an unhealthy healthcare system. I'm your host, Dr. Lara Salyer, a physician and mom of three who is reimagining the way I practice medicine after suffering and overcoming burnout. Join me as I teach you how to optimize flow and catalyze your own revolution in healing. Tune in for candid conversations with leading experts in conventional and holistic healthcare who dare to believe a better future is possible for all of us. Life is made of teeny catalytic moments of immense impact. When strung together, the transformation is magical. Join us and let's color outside the lines. Welcome to a special extended edition of the Catalyst Podcast, where I unpack the IPM Congress, Integrative and Personalized Medicine Congress held in London earlier this year. I was honored to be invited to speak at this Congress, and it blew my mind away because there's so much more to unpack and go through. And I couldn't think of a better co-host and special guest to invite than Helen Perks. She's a dear friend of mine, but also a highly accomplished health and wellness strategist, nutrition and lifestyle medicine practitioner, and registered nutritional therapist with a BSc in nutritional medicine. She has over 10 years of clinical experience, and she also attended the IPM Congress. And together in this episode, you're going to hear our favorite things from day one, two, and three. We're going to talk about nutrition, about trauma, about mental wellness, about community, and how this Congress blew our minds with all the opportunities to connect and bump elbows with other experts in this field. Not only was it inspiring, authentic, and transformative, but it really changed how we are going to view practicing medicine from this day forward, and you're going to hear why. I'll also pepper in a few stories about us navigating the London tube system. So enjoy, sit back for this extended version of the Catalyst podcast. And mindfully, we included all of the connections in the show notes. So if you are inspired or intrigued to learn more about some of these speakers and thought leaders, you can find their links and websites in the show notes. And I wanted to have a special shout out tribute to Versha Carter, who was the main contact person for me, as I was getting into the stage and organizing who to contact with before and after speaking, and she really was busy and organized an amazing IPM Congress. So thank you, Versha. And I am absolutely excited that this is just the first of many times our worlds will overlap. So without further ado, here is our special IPM Congress chat. I'm so excited for this episode of the Catalyst Podcast because I'm inviting my dear friend, Helen Perks, to this Zoom room. And we are going to talk all about the IPM Congress, which is Integrative Personalized Medicine Congress that we attended almost a month ago, Helen. And I can't think of a better co-host than having you sit here with me. And we're going to unpack this Congress as best as we can, which is going to be impossible. I'm just letting you know as a listener, this event was mind-blowing. It was so extensive and it actually gives the award of most likely to give you FOMO or feeling left out, which is attending this Congress. But Helen, thank you for coming on and talking about this with me. Well, Lara, I am absolutely delighted to be here and to share this beautiful event with your audience. And thank you for referring to me as your co-host. That is a privilege. Yes, so, absolutely. Um, yeah, I can't yes. wait to unpack 
the experience that we had. Really looking forward to it. Oh, yes, absolutely. This will be fun. So I've gathered a few of my top favorites and I've you know, made little awards for for these special people or booths that I saw. And I know, Helen, you've done some work and kind of organized what was impactful to you because quite literally, we can't even give you just the tip of the iceberg of this whole event. Wouldn't you agree, Helen? Totally agree. I, you really had to be there to believe and feel the energy every single day either you know in the main room where the speakers were in the workshops around the exhibitors it was just absolutely electric yes it really was it was in the heart of london it was beautifully managed um to the point that you really had to clone yourself you know into eight people if you wanted to try and see everything but they had over 175 expos and exhibitors over 70 different speakers and workshops all these things were going on so let's start at the night before helen i'd like to start off with the functional forum because the night before was also really incredible it kind of set the stage for the whole weekend the functional forum is a organization started by our friend james maskell who has a vision to connect and network all all the integrative and functional practitioners across the world in these little uh really kind of events that get people rubbing elbows you know bumping elbows rubbing elbows whatever that phrase is and get them you know meeting each other and referring and learning and so tell me a little bit about what you thought about the functional forum the night before yeah well the first thing to say is it was actually the launch party of the functional forum um you know of the first functional forum to be set up in the uk and this was launched as you said in london and we had a great host kirkland newman uh from is it mind health 360 yes. and she hosted the event and i just what what i loved about it is that I was able to reconnect with people like Claire Cardin from uh, Clinical Education, who were sponsoring the event. Also connecting with James Maskell in person because I've known him online like I have you for about six years because I think that's how we met through the practice accelerator through evolution of medicine. So yeah. to be able to, you know, see James in person and how tall is James? <laughs> He's, He's bigger so than life. <laughs> he is, you know, personality and um, in, in physique. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I loved the intimacy of it. Uh, I loved the networking opportunity and to see people, like I say, to reconnect um, and to meet for the first time. Uh, yes. Yeah. It was, I, it was what, really. What did you like about it? Definitely a great way to kick off our time together in connecting with everyone in the personalized and integrative sphere. Um, Kiki Newman just puts together amazing connections and events. And she is deserving of the award that I gave her as most busy because I felt like I saw her name everywhere. She she does yeah. the podcast Mind Health 360. She um, co-hosted Functional Forum. She's busy, you know, leading the IPM Congress as one of the chairs. And she just has her hands in everything. And you wouldn't even know she doesn't break a sweat. I mean, she really is uh, well-spoken, eloquent, and just so friendly to meet. And so I really felt like that event as a launch party couldn't have gone better. Um, and it was really fun to learn from Dr. Robert Lustig and, you know, Dr. Ian Panja and 
all the the great ways that I could meet people that I've followed online for a couple of years and really see them in person and shake hands. I think if you're in the UK, if you're around London, please consider joining the functional forum. It's a unique opportunity to not feel so alone. Um, because as I'm sure you, you and I've talked about this, Helen, it can be isolating to be this like healthy deviant, this rebel who wants people and patients to think of their healthcare in a different way. And this is a great opportunity to meet others doing the same thing. I totally agree. I mean, I've been in clinical practice for over 10 years and I've been doing online consultations way before COVID using Skype before we ever came across Zoom. Um, so yes, getting the chance to be with like-minded people is so invigorating. Um, and I, I just definitely highly recommend it from a networking point of view. And of course, three great speakers, like you just said, yourself, you were there as long as, as well as Dr. Lustig and Dr. Ayam Panja, um, and which Start, it really gave us a flavour of what was to come, um, you know, with the IPM Congress. Yes. Um, so it was a great way to kick off the IPM week, if you like, because we had a week of it, um, even though that, that Congress was only for three days. Um, and it was great, actually, to see the likes of Julia Bradbury at the Functional Forum, who's a BBC presenter, because she is looking to find a way of um, you know, advocating for functional lifestyle medicine because she herself has experienced um, what that can do for your health um, as she had, you know, breast cancer. So she's speaking um, from, you know, real life experience. So it was interesting to have a great conversation with her afterwards um, about what she's trying to do. And of course, she was then at the IPM Congress um, as well. So it was really nice to see that there was a journalist there as well, wanting yes. to really support this functional lifestyle medicine movement. Yes. I, I'm so glad that you mentioned Julia. She's so lovely and very heartwarming, but also just gritty and really wanting to get this message out. And like you said, we need we need all of us shouting from the mountaintops. And it was really nice to see a journalist take a keen interest in understanding more about a personalized approach because it has benefited her so deeply. And I like that you touched on stories. And that's really what gets all of us connected is being mm. able to share our story. And that's yeah. how patients really want to work with us because unless we have a story, um, whether it's ourselves or a family member or a child or a spouse that has been transformed through personalized you know, integrative practices, then that really needs to be said. And digging deep and sharing your story takes a lot of bravery and authenticity. And she was fantastic. Wouldn't you agree? I totally agree. And totally, you know, support what you say in terms of sto stories, because I think as practitioners, um, you know, it helps us to empathize as well. We know how much, you know, illness can and disease can impact not just on your life, but the wider family. So, um, yeah, I totally agree. And, and I'm really pleased that she was there. And um, I hope she does go on to do great things and help to, you know, share the functional and lifestyle medicine um, message. Yes, I think she audience. will. Yeah. yeah. And I, I really loved connecting with everybody. And hopefully this is just a continual movement. I know for certainty it's the domino that falls down and we're just spreading this around. And she's one of the key features of that Wednesday night in my mind is meeting her and other like-minded practitioners. Like you said, it was a great way to kick off the week. So let's dive into day one of IPM hey. Congress, right? Yeah. So 
you know, first of all, I just have to say, we're going to pepper in a few of these wonderful stories that Helen and I had as, as friends, you know, she was so kind to show me London as well as, um, you know, Thaxted and Essex and Cambridge. So I had a little bit of prep going into this event. I was really spoiled. I, I got to experience a lot of the countryside and, and just wanted to say thank you, Helen. It was really fun to see a different country and just kind of get over my jet lag before we got to dive into IPM Congress because day one was incredible. Um, showing up there, just like you said, the energy was almost electric. You could feel the buzz in the air. I think everybody was milling around and the booths and the the lectures were amazing. And I just remember showing up and I guess I'll let you, you know, tell me what you thought about some of the things, some highlights on day one for you. Yeah. So what hit me first, like you said, was walking into the venue and really feeling the energy in the room and not just from doctors and consultants and therapists that are attending, but the exhibitors too, you know, you could feel their excitement and their enthusiasm and, you know, their willingness to want to talk to people. So yeah, and in terms of uh, speakers, so of course the Congress was opened by Dr. Michael Dixon, who was or is the chair of the College of Medicine. And of course they were hosting the IPM Congress. And, you know, he told us that medicine is no longer affordable or sustainable in the way that it is delivered today. And of course we know that, we do understand that. And, you know, it, it is so, you know, we can feel that in the UK that it's no longer affordable or sustainable because right now it's costing the NHS 16 billion a year, um, or 16 billion a year, I should say, um, just to support people with obesity and type 2 diabetes. So he was talking about the fact that integration is key. So, for example, I'm a registered nutritional therapist in the UK. So somebody like me could help alleviate um, the workload of the healthcare team that operates within the NHS. And of course, this theme of integration was backed by Dr. Victoria Mays, is it? Mazes? Yes, yes. I think that's how you pronounce her name. And she demonstrated that integrative medicine is helping reverse chronic disease. And of course, we know that because we, we see that all of the time in our clinics. So yeah, they, they were the first two speakers that, that came to mind. But what I really loved about day one is the Beyond Pills campaign. I'm glad you said I was about to say that was my favorite oh, as well. Oh my goodness. How amazing was that? You know, we had the panel there that consisted of an MP, a member of parliament who was Danny Kruger. You had um, a social prescriber. You had a patient. And of course, for those that don't know in the UK, social prescribers are attached to most GP surgeries, doctor surgeries in the UK now, and they help connect people with activities and services and groups um, within the community. So again, you know, reducing the workload of, yes. of the NHS. But, you know, the person that really stood out for me on that panel was Sean Jennings, the patient. Yes, me too. Yeah. I mean, how inspirational was he? Yes, give the give the listeners just a little snippet. I, I I don't remember all of his story, but the part that stood out for me was just his transparency of being, you know, dependent 
on pain medication and, you know, all of the trials and tribulations and how he was able to use personalized medicine and, you know, uh, social prescribing and other kind of, I guess I don't even want to call them alternative, but just complementary and natural holistic solutions. So what do you remember most about his, his story and his journey? Well, I think it's um, the part where he is inspiring others to follow in his footsteps because he has helped to roll out pain cafes across Cornwall, which is in the south of U the UK. And those cafes are helping people to learn to live well with pain by teaching them, you know, practical skills. So, you know, to go from using pain medication to delivering pain cafes to help others, I think was just like I say, that the word has got to be inspirational, don't yes. you think? Yes, definitely. Most inspirational, especially with the bet. I would call it also the most likely to fall in love with the branding. I love pain cafe. I just love wow. that whole idea of coming together, meeting other people struggling, but learning ways that you can better yourself and each other. And his, his mission was just so tangible. I just wanted to join, you know, is one of those conferences at, at IPM Congress where every speaker, I felt like I wanted to join their mission because they're yes. so impactful. So I thought it was a great lead into one of the next categories that I labeled most, I guess, most likely to help burnout, uh, which is Dr. Rena Kocheka's work. And she does the mindfulness work for healthcare professionals. She has programs and workshops and speaks about this. And I thought that her lecture also was, again, so inspiring and, and really aimed towards the idea that a lot of healthcare is just crumbling under the pressure to deliver health to patients and they're suffering burnout. Um, and so that would, that would get my vote to most likely help burnout. Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, and I totally agree with you. And that kind of slides very nicely into the next person that really kind of advocates for this kind of group therapy. And that's James Maskell. Yep. So, of course, James was a speaker on day one, and we've spoken about him being there at the Functional Forum. And he has an amazing solution to reduce the burden on healthcare. And he is an advocate for health group visits or medical group visits. And of course, having a pain cafe, uh, you know, that really kind of ties in to, you know, what he was highlighting. And echoes the sentiments, and um, or James Maskell did echo the sentiments of Dr. Michael Dixon about, you know, the way that we're providing medicine now is not affordable or sustainable. And he also touched on the fact that, you know, we haven't got the resources in terms of, you know, lack of GPs. So for me, James Maskell also stood out. Um, on day one and, you know, highlighting that group visits are definitely the way forward. Absolutely. I think? love, yes, same. I, I think the group visits, it, it's so interesting to see everybody put their unique perspective on a common problem, which is we don't have enough practitioners, doctors, nurses, therapists to deliver the kind of medicine we would like to give to our patients. That our healthcare workers are burning out, that there are crises of overprescribing and underutilization of natural therapies, and that we all are isolated and need connection. And I think all of these speakers did a great job just highlighting a different perspective of a common problem because there isn't one root solution. There really isn't one way to fix it all, but having all of these little pieces in place 
are just going to help. And actually, that's a nice segue to Dr. Ian Panja's work, where he talks about how to make it easier for a GP consult. You know, he tries to create this this method where you can deliver an integrative approach within a standard consult. And and so, you know, all of us are tackling this. And by the way, if you're listening, all of this is going to be in the show notes. So I have all the websites you can connect with any of these people and learn about their work because this is incredible. And I definitely want to amplify their message and mission. Um, So I just thought that day one was a fantastic package to connect all of us together. Do you have one, uh, any last minute comments about day one before we move to day two? Yeah, I really want to speak about and give a shout out to one of the workshop um, providers because they, they, what, who we've just been talking about now have all been, you know, speakers in the main room. But of course, as we mentioned at the beginning, um, there were workshops going on at the same time. So Dr. Nina Fuller Cheval, um, I hope I've, you know, pronounced her name correctly. Her workshop was on integrative oncology. And what she doesn't know about that subject is not worth knowing. Um, and she was just so inspirational and showcasing how integrative oncology, you know, can transform um support for those that are living with advanced and metastatic cancer and shifting them from pure symptom management to optimizing the whole person. So um, I thought that that definitely deserved a shout out. And, um, you know, if you have never heard of Dr. Uh, Nina Fuller-Cheval, then definitely, you know, click on um, to her site and go and explore her further because she is also amazing. Remind me, is she the one that is advocating or starting the program, the Metabolic Terrain Institute for Health and Cancer? It's and I'm not sure. This might be somebody. No, I don't think no. so. Okay. No, that I was one that's somebody yeah. different. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing. There was so many expos and, yeah. and booths. So let's let's take a little pause before we go into day two and three. Um yeah. let's talk about some of our favorites. And I would say you and I agreed that uh <laughs> I think the most interesting award goes to the treetop man. And do you yeah. want to talk about him? <laughs> yeah, well, so there we were just meandering around the booths. And then there was this larger than life guy dressed in the most exquisite outfit, wearing all the colors of the rainbow, which really piqued our curiosity. And we wanted to learn more about him. And he wasn't you know, tied to a booth, he was no. wandering around like like we were, wasn't yes. he? Yes. He was, um, and, and just to say, he is bigger than James Maskell. I mean, honestly, yeah. tall guy. He had these leggings that were zebra print, I think, or some kind of colorful animal print. And then he had this like tank top. And I, I just think you and I were fascinated. He had arms uh, of tattoos and he, he yeah. you know, just looked really like he had an interesting story. And, you know, you and I love stories. So yeah. I, I I think you and I hooked arms and said, we got to follow this guy and, and ask yeah. him his story. And <laughs> so, yeah. So t- tell the listeners what, what his story was. Yeah, well, who would have known that at 70, he was a tree climber, but not just a tree climber. I mean, this guy was almost the equivalent to, I don't know, whatever tree climbing is, is equivalent to triathlons, if you like, because he went on to explain that at 70, like I say, he was this tree climber and he showed us this time-lapsed footage of him climbing this tree 60 times in one go. And his his goal was to do it for a hundred times. And I mean, what a great role model for 
you know, people, well, of all ages, if you like, yes. I was going to say in that stage of life. I mean, you know, his, he was sculpted. Um, his body was sculpted, wasn't he? His physique. He looked mm-hmm. amazing. And he had that childlike joy in his eyes, yeah. which is what I loved is he's using his body for play and mm. and just looked like he really found a method for him to encourage others to embrace tree climbing. Um, I, I thought it was incredible. I, but I mean, his stamina was just staggering. Um, and really, he is kind of flying the flag for longevity, isn't it? You know, living as you as we age, but living life to the full. Um, and having a good quality of life because, of course, we know how much exercise not only supports the body, but brain function as well. So what a great um, advocate. Yes, he, he was He was incredible. And I will put his YouTube channel in the show notes and check out a few of his videos. Very inspirational. And I loved how you and I were, were walking out of the expo and met his wife. And she was as much of a character as him. And we asked her, do you climb trees? And she says, oh, no, 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 I do not. And it's just so cute to see two people, very independent, but supporting each other. And she was there to kind of give her husband this encouragement. And it's just, it was just adorable. And I think it dovetails nicely into another one of our favorite booths. And I'm going to say I voted it most relevant to aging with grace, which is the primal play, the animal moves, Daryl in his booth. So, so he was another one that was intriguing because they, they kind of talked to each other. The treetop man, you know, really was there when we were discussing how this pertains to aging with grace. So um, tell the listeners a little bit about what you thought about primal play. Well, I thought it was incredibly original. Um, you know, there was no other booze like it. And was it, is it Daryl, his name? I think so. That's, that's what I thought was in the book. Cause you know, yeah. you and I both yeah. were, we're all we about did. the books and the cards. I we mean, did. Yeah. Yeah. It was very original. Like you said, he had, he has his phrase, you know, move like an animal, move yeah. human, um, play with your body. And he offers this program of slowly incorporating these animal type moves because that's what humans have lost. And he even has decks of cards, which I bought all of them. And I think you bought many too, where we can yeah. play, play these cards and try these moves at our desk. Um, yeah. yeah. So what else which, did you which, think? Which, which was actually relevant for both you and I, because we've both had operations on our back, yes. uh, which you highlighted that to him. So he actually got down on the floor, showed us the moves, you joined in, I, so I, I videoed, I videoed I love it. doing it. Um, but yeah, he was very hands-on um, and was keen to show us practically how certain moves could prevent us from seizing up, you know, me and you in particular because of the, the back operations. And of course, he's got... Um, uh, yes, herniated. I think he herniated. said he had a herniated right. disc. That's yeah, right. he... He didn't opt for surgery. He no. just did his program. And of course, right. our jaws dropped. And I thought, yeah. oh, I've got to definitely try this. And I have cracked open a few of the cards and they're amazing. I've started reading his book and haven't quite started the program, but I'm excited to explore, you know, yeah. these new ways to, to perceive aging, you know, and this is yeah. the thing is, you know, aging well, aging with vitality, I think is the key for all of us. Um, I think that was just so fun to meet those expo booth owners. And one more before we go into day two, one of my favorites, and I would call it, I was the most excited about is the Sentia Spirits booth where they say it is basically 
like alcohol without alcohol. And as we talk about perimenopause and educating patients about how alcohol can be poison, you know, and it isn't, shouldn't be our first thing to reach for when we're looking to relax. Um, it certainly can be taken in healthier ways where you're making sure you're fueling your body and your liver support systems, but also looking for alternatives to alcohol that are invigorating. And we both tried one of their signature cocktails. Their wonderfully friendly woman was just shaking up the, the cocktail mixers and she had all these fun cocktails. Um, I I thought it was amazing. I bought a bottle for my husband to take home. What are your thoughts on the, the Sentia experience? Uh, well, I really enjoyed it. I can't, I, I didn't have the same cocktail as you. And obviously just to reiterate, these are alcohol free. Correct. Um, and I had the fruity version, but I've forgotten the name of it. And it was absolutely delightful and tantalized the taste buds, I have to say. So um, that was incredible. I'd never come across um, a product like it. I couldn't have the one that you had because it contained caffeine and um, I, I can't have caffeine. So, um, yeah, I thought it was very unusual and something that I would definitely buy in the future. That's for sure. Yes. And if you go to their website, sentiaspirits.com, which again will be in the show notes, they talk about how alcohol works, you know, what it does to the nervous system and, you know, and why GABA is the sweet spot that we're really craving when we're looking to drink alcohol. We're looking to, you know, pleasantly dissociate from the existential angst that is life. And there's nothing wrong with that every so often, but the back end payoff of alcohol is actually losing. You know, you're actually then trying to backpedal into this normal homeostasis in your brain. And what Sentia Spirit is, it's about GABA, the anti-anxiety, and it's actually healthy. Um, and the cocktail that I drank had some caffeine and packed a punch, but I also loved the fruity red version. So they've got several versions that we, we you know, sampled. I thought it was a wonderful experience and very, very hands-on for this booth. It, it and it, and it is a great alternative to alcohol. And it definitely something I'd be recommending to my menopausal clients. That's for sure. Um, and it tastes like a mocktail. It really does. Uh, yeah. It really does. And I, yeah. I'm excited to see where they go in 10 to 20 years, where where all of us go in our communities. I mean, during COVID, liquor sales were 33% higher in America and people were developing some unhealthy habits because they were depressed and isolated. And so this is a great solution that could actually be healthier and allow us to continue that social habit of wanting to grab a drink with a friend, but not having to, you know, be unhealthy in our physiology afterwards. So I love that. That was a great uh, booth to visit and also uh, is a great segue into my most flavorful award, which is Pucka Tea. And thank you for introducing me to that because now I'm excited to order some. They're incredible. I'll put their information in the show notes. Did you know that you can teach yourself how to prime your brain for more creativity and flow? And when you do, you gain 100% more meaning, 200% more learning, 450% more innovation, and 500% more productivity. I've used my training from the Flow Research Collective to design a unique program specifically for medical professionals. I'll teach you my three-step catalyst aha system that infuses more ease and joy into your work-life masterpiece. The more you practice, the more intuitive it gets. Twice a year, I host the Catalyst Symposium, a five-day virtual bootcamp to learn these flow channeled and anti-burnout techniques. We meet for one hour a day for five days of powerful transformation. Here's a glimpse. Each day we'll cover the essentials of this method to capture flow. 
You'll get daily live Zoom webinars with recordings, a downloadable playbook to jumpstart your creativity, clear understanding of the neuroscience of burnout and flow, a personalized burnout assessment, core values identification, neuroscience-based time management tips that work, cortisol-busting methods to lower your sympathetic drive, and evidence-based exercises that prime your parasympathetic calm. Finally, you'll learn exactly how to build your own personalized flow recipe. Here's some testimonials from past participants. It's well worth your lunch hour. This is detailed and action-oriented. This is not your typical burnout seminar. And I would highly recommend this to any student, resident, doctor, or nurse. I only open my enrollment twice a year. Introductory price is $69 and seats are limited. Use the coupon code podcast to get 10% off. Head to drlarasalier.com forward slash symposium to learn more. But without further ado, let's go into day two because there's a lot to unpack. I think day two is my favorite by far. Well, absolutely. Of course it was, Lara. You were there. You were a speaker. So (laughs) I was so looking forward to this. And, you know, I've got three speakers that really stood out for me on day two, and you have to be my top one. Oh, you know, and, and of course, yours wasn't like a lecture. It wasn't like a speech or a presentation. It was more, it was delivered in the theme of, uh, you know, like a, a TED talk, which I thought was brilliant. I loved your graphics. I've always loved that brain um, graphic that has become your logo, but you are so creative, so artistic that you... Um, you know, you painted that from scratch yourself and it was there for, for all to see. Now, in your statement at the beginning of your very interactive um, talk, you talked about um, how if healthcare professionals placed their brains into an MRI scan, what would it look like? Right. Grief. Right. It's the signature statement I think I like to open with because we talk about the pain of burnout and the epidemic. And I I thought that from the speaker's point of view, it was such a thrilling opportunity to be on that stage sharing from incredible brains. I mean, these speakers are amazing. I felt like I was more the entertainment, you know, hop on, get this colorful haired girl on stage and (laughs) let let people enjoy a little break. Um, But really, it was such a great opportunity just to play with the audience a bit. And one of my favorite things from my point of view was the audio poll. I loved asking questions and having people rate their answer based on how loud they clapped. And that was so fun to just start warming up the audience for the next 18 minutes of talking. Um, And you have been a dutiful paparazzi. You were there on the sidelines just taking the footage. So I really owe the whole experience was wonderful because of you and everybody at IPM. Well, listen, I was there as part of the audience as well. And I saw how much people loved what you were delivering, your interaction, especially at the beginning with the um, clapping scenarios. And I I wasn't going to mention that because I was actually going to tease everyone and say, look, I've got to go and see Lara and see how she opens her TED talk. Um But yeah, I could see that the audience were captivated. They were hanging on every word that you said. 
um, to the point where they even formed an orderly queue afterwards to line up for you to sign your books so that they could go off and read them. However, there was one stipulation that if they were to receive a book from you, what did they have to do? Yes, they had to pay the tax. They had to tell me their sixth vital sign of creativity. So I loved learning about so many brilliant healthcare practitioners sharing what lights them up, what gives them their passion and their zest. And we had musicians, uh, artists, uh, crochet, needlework, hiking, nature, yoga, surfing. We had all sorts of things that people do. And what I loved most is hearing them talk about it and seeing their face light up with joy. It was just an incredible, it felt like I was there for hours. Just I, I could hang on every word of those practitioners that shared their story. And, and it was fun just to connect with the audience and learn about the fact that creativity is medicinal and powerful. And it's not something that we should forget um, to exercise every day and just find our own flow. So thank you for making all of that work. You were a great uh, PR manager because, you know, <laughs> the, the orderly queue was going and then I had four people that didn't get a book. So I just dropped it in the mail. Yeah. Book. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. That's okay. It's it's part of paying it forward and and connecting them and and it's just it's so invigorating. This this again, this creativity prescription sort of dovetails nicely into one of my other favorite speakers, which is Dr. Lucy Loveday. She was also co-hosting it with uh, Kiki Newman and. She is really advocating for immersive nature experiences, and she calls them green prescriptions. And I love that. Yeah. She, is, she is one that, you know, I met her and instantly felt like a connection. She just thinks about things so deeply. And if you follow her on Instagram, her pictures are beautiful. And she talks about, you know, just embracing nature as the ultimate healer and a tool for togetherness. And I just thought that was a great way to, to talk about mental health in different ways, using nature, especially with teens and kids that somehow are, you know, more disconnected with nature than ever before. Um, so yeah. So what other things about day two were you inspired about? Well, first of all, I just want to reiterate, I love that green prescription. That's so original, so creative, isn't it? And mm -hmm. um, yeah, I wonder what it's like to have a, a green prescription from her. Do you know what's involved in the prescription? No, I don't. But I've been thinking more and more about that term, the green prescription. And I just, I love that. This, this will be a nice teaser for when we talk to you separately on another podcast episode about systems and, and what you're doing with your prescriptions, your respect prescription. I think it's so interesting that when we give a prescription, it's like a love letter to somebody with, you know, uh, the ability to create a method for them. And I, I haven't quite learned what's in her green prescription, but I've been following her intensely on Instagram. And I think of her now every time I'm in nature, uh, just coming back from a vacation where we were surrounded by forests and hiking trails. And I thought, well, this would be Dr. Lucy approved, you know, it's very <laughs> green. Um, so I'm excited and hope that she'll be a guest on the podcast because I think it would be really impactful for our listeners to understand what a green prescription is. Yeah. I'll listen out for that one. That's for sure. Yeah. So, so following on from that, I, one of my favorites throughout the whole three days with Dr. Miguel um, Mateus. Oh my God. I mean, he's yes. got a special place in my heart because he actually was one of my, he was my examiner um, over 10 years ago for my clinical practice exam. Um, so that's when I first met him. And my goodness, what an impact he made on the audience. I mean, he was talking about the gut-brain axes, the impact on the gut of 
you know, certain thoughts and certain behaviours, but he really cleverly shared with us the traumas that he'd experienced in his life. And he, you know, he was brilliant in the way that he connected those traumas, his life experiences to the science, to the research. And I can honestly say you could have heard a pin drop listening to him. And I felt, yeah. I mean, when, you know, we have, we have talked about energy, haven't we? But you mm-hmm. could really feel the energy in that room. And as his life story unfolded, it was as if you could feel us all collectively as a group giving him a hug whilst really cheering him on. He was an amazing speaker and he was so endearing. And I was compelled to go afterwards and, you know, go up to him and give him a big hug because he deserved it. And do you know yes. what? I don't know if you can remember, but he even got a standing ovation he did. when he finished. You know, the guy was clever. He was witty. He was endearing. Um, he was authentic. And, yes, you know. he well deserved. He was probably one of my favorites for sure. I mean, yeah. he I voted him most endearing for that reason. He he delivered. And this is incredible. I mean, he delivered scientific evidence based information, but also on the foundation of his story, which couldn't have been more tragic, but also inspirational at the same time. It was like watching a movie and you are absolutely right. You could have heard a pin drop. It was silent. Everybody was just holding their breath and then cheering and then really riding the waves with him. And when he was finished, it was a masterpiece. And, you know, the standing ovation said it all. He's, he's incredible. And I will definitely put his website in our show notes and everybody must connect with Dr. Miguel for sure. Okay. Let's see. What else do we got on day two? Well, I liked Benjamin Fry, the psychotherapist. Um, I don't know if you remember, but he mm. talked about the need for addressing trauma and rebalancing the nervous system to successfully help those with uh, depression, anxiety, insomnia, poor memory. And he shared with us how trauma can cause, you know, things like us being stuck in energy, if you like and a dysregulated nervous system, which can lead to, as we know, biochemical imbalances and manifest in certain uh, mental health. Absolutely. I think that was easy for me to say. That was, (laughs) that's so true though. Um, That was the common connection. And and after talking to Dr. Lucy Loveday later on in the evening, she even commented how amazingly synergistic and serendipitous all of these topics really folded together nicely because we're all talking about inflammation, stress, and trauma and its impact cellular in our body and how different therapies and treatments and, and, you know, methods can help us release and process this trauma. His lecture was amazing, but also echoes and mirrors. One of my other favorites, I labeled her the most authentic award, which is Dr. Christina Bjorndal. And I don't know if I'm saying her name correctly. She's from Canada. And she was another authentic and transparent uh, lecturer. She talked about her story of having bipolar and having, you know, uh, disordered eating, all these other things and trauma at the root and how she was able to work with herself. She's a naturopathic doctor in Canada and talked about getting off of the five psych meds that she was plopped on and all these things that can be wrong with our system and how we can look to more holistic and integrative practices to help treat mental health crises. Uh, She was fantastic and so down to earth and really 
just impressed me with her ability to talk through a lot of these difficult topics. And I think that you hit on it. Trauma is the root of a lot of what we don't realize. If we're not processing our trauma or going through that, we're, we're only storing this, this energy, this chaos in our body that can make us sick. And, you know, I see that so many times, Lara, in my clinic, the adverse child um, experiences, you know, people, and, and that's what um, Dr. Uh, Mateus was talking about. You know, he, he had so much childhood trauma, and of course, it came and bit him right on the backside as an adult. Um, so people do come to our clinics with um, so many different physical symptoms without actually realizing that it's something way back in their childhood that is connected to these physical symptoms. You know, and this is why it was such a great day to highlight, um, you know, that this does happen um, and what we can do about it as practitioners. Oh my gosh. You know, and the other reason I love going to things like this is that we are being exposed to brilliant experts such as these. And, you know, we're kind of gaining knowledge about the resources that are, is available to us. So, for example, going back to Benjamin Fry, he's got the um, Kiron Clinics, um, K-H-I-R-O-N, not sure if I pronounced those um, that properly, um, but he founded um, the Kiron Clinic, and I think it's one of the only residential trauma clinic in the world, um, or one um, of very few anyway, and, and his is based in, in Oxford in the UK. So being able to attend a congress like this, it does allow us to, you know, um, touch base with people that we never even knew were out there. And it enables us to want to be more curious about their work and to explore what they do more. But yes. for me, you know, if I've got somebody with trauma who I feel that could do with a residential package, if you like, more support, um, then I know where to signpost them to. And this is what I love, like I say. Right? Yes. Going to yes. something like this. You know, and, and this also shows how big the world is because I think a lot of us feel that we're in an echo chamber when we're practicing and we're doing our, our functional or integrative methods with our patients. Sometimes it feels alone and you feel almost crazy. Like, is, is it true that I feel like everybody has trauma that they don't want to talk about? And at least in the Midwest, I do have it on my intake form. You know, is there, you know, I talk about ACEs, I try to pull out some key information. But a lot of people don't understand the connection because we live in a system, in a conventional system where that's private. You don't want to talk about what happened. You know, let's not mention that. So sometimes it's not until the third or fourth visit that they share with me, you know, this is some sensitive information This happened to me. And being able to show them that this is connection to why you're still suffering from a mold illness or still suffering from uh, hormone imbalances or gut dis, you know, dysfunction. And to hear experts echo this back to us that we're on the right track, this is all connected. This is something that can be achieved and healed is really inspirational. And I, we didn't even touch on the psychedelics and the ketamine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is for a whole nother, I mean, that is, you know, a whole nother episode, but Really, the day two was was just incredible to at least inspire us to say, wow, mental health is it should be a priority for everybody. And yeah. there's so many ways to help it. Yeah. yeah okay. Any other last uh, day two comments before we break for a little story? I don't think so. I think 
Yeah. No, I, I don't think so. Okay, good. So let's break for the Waterloo story. What do you think? Ah, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> I think we so should. Funny. I'm going to set the stage with just the incredible intricacies of the London tube system that really freaked me out as a visiting American and made me highlight I need to keep my brain intact because aging, you know, with vitality, you need to be sharp to navigate that system. Um, and I had the honor of meeting your uncle, right? Uncle? That's right. Yes, yeah. Yes. Uncle. Um, I was, I couldn't remember if it was your grandfather or uncle and, um, and how sharp he is at age 80 as an oboist yeah. and a very acclaimed musician. And he travels the tube system. So I thought, well, how hard could this be? But oh my goodness, <laughs> Helen, here you are the dutiful friend carrying my suitcase packed full of books. So heavy. There are no elevators. You and I are carrying two suitcases, one each, and we're dragging them up different flights of stairs and we're exhausted and we're trying to navigate getting from one station to another. And maybe I'll let you take the story from there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I just, I just want to highlight, by the way, that most tube stations do have um, oh, elevators, <laughs> but the two that we happened to be transitioning <laughs> through did not. So, um, of course, so there we were at Leicester Square. And we were traveling to Waterloo, which was our final destination for that day, because it's where your hotel was. So we were seeing yes. your luggage to uh, check you in. And let me break real quick. I had yeah. turned my brain off because Helen is such a great uh, tour. Like she just took care of me so well that by then I had stopped listening to where we were going. I just was the, her, her sidekick. And she was just telling me we're going to go to Cambridge today. Okay. Um, and I, transportation is not something I, it, it just did not even occur to me. I couldn't even imagine driving on the other side of the road. So at this point in our trip together, I had really not paid attention to where we were going. I just followed you. So go ahead and continue with this story. Yeah. Okay, so of course I'm saying to you, we're going southbound and we are three stops to Waterloo. And I remember you saying to me, but this is going north. And I said, no, it's the northern line, but we're going southbound, three stops to Waterloo. So with that, the tube pulls in, the doors open, and I step onto the tube. And bearing in mind, it's not there for a long period of time. It's oh, in no. Oh, no. and it, it is off, you know. And so there I am trying to pull this book, uh, sorry, this case of, loaded with books onto the tube. But there's a rubber band, I think, around the middle. There's something around the middle of this case. And it just wasn't, get, you know, it, it was stuck. So here's it, my perspective as Helen is literally crammed in like sardines in a can. Like there was only enough space of people that left to fit her and I and two suitcases in. So as the doors opened, she gets on first and she's getting the suitcase in. And I start panicking because what happens, Helen? It gets stuck. It did. It did. It gets stuck. And of course, you know that you've got a very small amount of time before those doors shut and we're taking off. So what happened? The door started closing. And Lara put her knee in between. Oh, no, I was, yes, I was done. I was like, we are you, not leaving. <laughs> yeah, and I could see this look of horror on her face. As the doors were closing, they closed in on her leg. And, 
of course, that didn't make any difference. No, I still have the scar, not scar. I have the the rubber uh, line on my leggings because (laughs) I thought this is not happening. I'm just going to put my leg in there. And I remember this really, you know, distinguished gentleman just looking at me, you know, in in the typical British, very, you know, quiet looking at me going, "Uh, you're just going to have to leave it. You can't. You, yeah. you just leave it. And I am not leaving it. I'm, I'm determined to get on the plane or on the you train. Were, you, exactly. But, but of course, what happened? So might has the right. And of course, the tube was bigger than you. You had to pull your knee away. The doors closed. <laughs> and all I could see, because there are times on the tube station where there's a big gush of wind and there was one and your hair was stood <laughs> on end while you shouted, what am I going to do? <laughs> and of course, oh. I replied, Waterloo. <laughs> and with that, everyone on the tube was laughing because they thought that I was going to break out into the Waterloo Ava song. Um, and I just couldn't stop laughing. And from, oh my gosh. Off. And from my standpoint, here she <laughs> is. And I, the doors close and I see her laughing and I'm laughing at the ridiculousness of an American standing on the platform with two suitcases that she can't pull herself. And I have no idea. My brain goes into panic mode and I think, where am I supposed to go? And so here I see her laughing as the tube is disappearing into the tunnel. And it is like the Dementors were taking her away because she is laughing and everybody on the tube is laughing. And all I can think is, I don't even know where to go. So in my brain, I panic. And I think, okay, what did she just said? She said Waterloo. And I think she said three stops, right? Well, I take out my phone and I text, but guess what? We're underneath the ground and nothing works. So she's not replying. And so she continues on. I get on the next tube and I just pray that it's three stops and I'm just going to get off the whole time. I am, I am so scared. And I don't know what was going on in your tube, Helen. Well, I, I was, I was contemplating as to whether to get off at the next stop and wave you down um, because I thought I'm sure that she will pop her head out at every stop just to quickly <laughs> look up and down that platform to see if I'm there and I thought no she is intelligent enough to remember what I said that it's three stops to Waterloo and then I thought did she take on board what I was saying because I would have been like you if someone was guiding me you know um how to navigate the London transport system would not have been on my radar. Um, So, of course, I thought, no, I went with it. I got off at Waterloo. I was still laughing. And I will never forget when I saw the next tube pull in. And (laughs) there was your inquisitive face looking for me. And as soon as we set eyes on each other and the doors open, we couldn't talk. We couldn't For we five minutes, I no, we collapsed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we were our bodies were literally bent in half. We were crying with laughter. It, that was it, the best. It was. It just and I did have the panic. I sat or stood on that tube, like you know, crunched in there with my face pressed against the window. Every stop, looking for Helen, couldn't see her. And then finally, the third one said Waterloo. I thought I'm just gonna go, and there she is. I see her. And then the minute we locked eyes, I think I lost all muscle tone. I could barely pull the suitcases out because I was laughing so hard. And we had to recover for five minutes before we could start pulling those up at the stairs again. So. Yeah. That was the highlight. And you so 
cleverly gifted me with an impromptu t-shirt made. And it was hilarious. It says on the front, three stops, right? And the Waterloo sign. And it is just (laughs) incredible. And I'm going to wear it with pride on the back. It says, you know, London 2023 and has our our picture. Um, It's just so lovely because that is going to be something I will chuckle about all the time. Well, I couldn't let you go without, um, you know, kind of making sure that you'd never forget about that moment. <laughs> but I don't think that you would because that has made my year, I have to say. And I tell that story to anyone who is willing to listen to me. Um, it was absolutely hilarious. Because and what am I going to do? And for anybody that's listening, by the way, I'm open to giving IPM tour weeks next year. <laughs> We create the same scene for you if you like. (laughs) That's awesome. Oh my goodness. Well, this is a great segue into the final day. Um, All good things must come to an end. Let's talk about day three. What are some of the highlights? You know, of course, we can't unpack everything, but this is all about food and nutrition. So I'll let you start. What are some of the highlights? Yeah, well, of course, being a registered nutritional therapist, this is right up my strata, as they say. It was all about food on prescription. And I've said for a very long time that as a society, we've really forgotten about the connection between, you know, real food, natural food, and what it delivers to our body in terms of nutrition. Um, And I talk to my clients about, well, I I really suggest them actually about naming one cell. Um, And we talk about nutrition in terms of that one cell. So for me, my name, my cell is called Zoe. Um, And I talk to them about how we can provide nutrition for that cell um, so that the nutrition can, you know, the the nutrients can flow in and out of the cell. And of course, I talk to them about the organelles and how they poop. And so that poop within the cell has to be transported out as well. So we need a good fluid membrane. And of course, the reason I talk about cells is because cells make tissues and tissues form organs. So absolutely, as a society, we have really lost connection with what nutrients provide for the body. And of course, we have got the College of Medicine that was hosting the IPM Congress. And their vision is to ensure that there is healthy food available to everyone, that we are all entitled to good nutrition. And of course, I absolutely agree with this. Um, And this sentiment was echoed by Dr. Malik, who is an NHS neurologist who was speaking on that day, and Dr. Venetia Patel, who is also an NHS practitioner, but she is a paediatrician. And she really sparked my interest um, talking about the whole whole child approach um, to health Um, as it ties in very nicely with my Global Children's Health Initiative. So I'm so pleased that um, the IPM Congress, the people behind it, really dedicated a day to food on prescription. Because, you know, after the, for me, you know, the first step towards good health is taking responsibility for our health. Um, which, you know, forms part of my respect uh, model of health and well-being. And then, of course, eating habits. So, you know, really, really important um, to get our food right. And of course, we know within clinical practice how much food can change the health of a person within a matter of two weeks. Yes. Because you must have seen the transformation um, in some people that have been prescribed just the elimination diet. 
You right, know? right. And and I this sort of also segues nicely into a speaker that wasn't on the third day. I think she spoke the first day. It was Dr. Uma Naidu, and she does the Food for Mood uh, movement. And it's just incredible to see that, you know, all of these topics, no matter what day they centered on, you know, there's elements of similarity that food and nutrition is paramount. And even the simplest things like starting with nutrition can make such an impactful difference, which is why we can scale this endeavor. You don't need a licensed prescriber to talk about food. You know, we don't need to rely on pills or prescriptions or supplements when you get it from your nutrition. Um, and I love that that third day was dedicated to nutrition and it had a beautiful break in there that I thought was lovely. It also highlighted another common thing we all have access to that has great impact in our health, which is our breath. And one of my favorite parts of day three was Sophie Trues. And she led us in this amazing breathwork break, which you have to check her out on, on the website, sophietrue.com. I'll put that in the show notes. She was lovely from the front of the, the whole seminar. She led us through different breath variations and we all could feel ourselves getting relaxed and invigorated and and just the power of breath alone much like food can change our life oh listen lara you are preaching to the converted there because that is one element um that helped me with my recovery from me having had that 17 years it took me a while because obviously i i wasn't doing then what i do now um to understand the importance of breath and how that really helped to support my parasympathetic nervous system because you know when i look back um i could see how my mitochondria was stuck in that fight or flight um, situation, but also my sympathetic nervous system, you know, was so dominant. Um, so to be, you know, there were days where I was bed bound and all I could do was breathe. So to do breath work, that really helped me in my recovery. And I yes. cannot recommend that enough, you know, to everyone and, and anyone. It's something that I practice now almost on a, on a daily basis. Right. I feel like it's one of those things that is so simple it's almost, uh, I guess, just shockingly simple, but so yeah. complex. So and and, I, and the more I learn about it and practice it in my own body, the more I think I don't know enough. You know, I mean, it, there's just so much more about breath work that we we have access to right away in any situation is our breath. Yeah. And you can make yourself more energetic and focused by yeah. having different kinds of breath patterns, or you can make yourself more grounded and peaceful with different breath patterns. And that is fascinating to me because again so simple but it takes and a while free. for yeah and free, free and 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 this is the part where you know patients and us because we're all patients in some way we're all leading a journey in this meat skeleton and sometimes it might not be until the fifth time that you hear about breath work that maybe you're willing to give it a try and that happens a lot in my community of patients you know i'll i'll give them a little breath prescription and you know it's like why would i learn how to breathe because i breathe fine there's nothing wrong with my lungs but it's about how we breathe. And sometimes they can go back and go, well, let me give that a try again. And you experience the, the transformation that can happen in just 90 seconds of dedication to breath. So I love that that was integral in your journey for through Emmy. I mean, you recently just had an article published, which will, this is a teaser again to your podcast episode, but you know, it's really important that you shared your story and how all of these elements can play into your healing. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And, you know, as we know, it doesn't matter what the patient or client comes to you with. There's never one solution. There's always, you know, a combination of things. Um, And these things are different for every individual, you know. So, um, yeah, breath work is definitely up there for me um, as one tool to put into the patient client's toolkit to help them you know, uh, meet their, their overall health objectives. Absolutely. No matter what they come to you with. Absolutely. Now, I know we're getting short on time. I could talk yeah. about this forever. Do you have any yeah. final comments on day three before we close out? I don't. I think that was it for me. Um, it was, I, I was very sad that it ended. Um, I loved being there. I loved being among, you know, like-minded people to circle right back to the beginning. But I do have, you know, reasons to share with people why they should come next year. Um, I think the IPM Congress next year is between the 6th and the 8th of June. So um, I'll definitely be going. And if anybody wants to join me and they want to be hosted for an IPM week, then I'm <laughs> feel free. Um, but yeah, what? so... You know, the great thing about going to, um, you know, a congress like that, and of course, if you don't know the difference between a congress and a conference, a congress is bigger than a conference. Um, There's more people that attend. It's over um, three days. But you have a wonderful opportunity for diverse networking where you are meeting a wide range of professionals from all around the globe. It was invaluable for me to meet people, um, to be able to, you know, possibly collaborate on other projects, which is something that is in the pipeline for me as a result of going to the IPM. And of course, I also met a GP from the East Essex um, Primary Care Trust whilst having lunch, if you remember, Lara. Yes. Um, And I was talking to him about my respect model of health and wellbeing. He asked my business card. So um, there was a connection made there as well. And of course, when you're going to a congress like this, you're at the forefront of cutting edge knowledge, I should say. It's a great platform for us all as practitioners to stay up to date with the latest technology, the latest trends, the latest services and the latest research which is all beneficial, you know, to our patients. The huge range of exhibitors, again, you know, exposes us to the latest tech, the latest um, products, again, that can help, you know, with our patients. Um, I think it was absolutely inspirational. Um, I, I, I think attending something like this gives us the opportunity to reignite our passion. Yes. Oh my gosh. You you couldn't have said it better. You really took the words out of my mouth. You gave a great recap of why, if you're listening, you should consider signing up for IPM Congress next year. And here's a few tips that I might offer if you do go is definitely take it more serious than I did at looking at the schedule ahead of time, because I, I felt like if I had planned better, I could have organized my time better. I felt very much like, oh, I wanted to go here, but then what about this one? And and so my organized brain would have liked a, a clear pathway. And that's all, all, all my fault. I could have really made it a little clearer for me um, and learn to enjoy all of the sessions. Um, also keep in mind, they're not recorded. So this is not something you can count on to go back and visit and learn 
I mean, we do have access to the PDFs of the slides, but the recordings don't happen, at least for this Congress. They might change it for next year, but that's something to be aware of because that might have changed the order on which I saw the workshops. And finally, embrace all that is there with curiosity and playfulness because I felt like that was the energy of the whole week is everybody is open and friendly and really wanting to learn from you as much as you are from them. And that is exactly the kind of place I want to be. Um, I would be amiss without mentioning another very influential group, which is the British College of Functional Medicine. Um, meeting them was incredible. I feel like we are all part of this movement that is just going to get more traction and velocity as the years pass. So thank you, Helen, for being my co-host on this wonderful podcast as we unpack the IPM Congress. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure and I hope you enjoyed the culture um, of London and your um, exploration of the UK. Oh my goodness. Thanks to you. I want to move there. And I think your mission is accomplished. I, yeah. I haven't even unpacked all of my little video clips or social media uh, posts that I want to do. So I'll probably be, you know, peppering them throughout the rest of the year and enjoying and savoring those memories. And really, it is just a fantastic time. I, I really thank you for giving me this tour of London, of, of your home. And it's just something that I will gladly go back to again and again, and still sifting through those business cards and hopefully having more of these inspirational thought leaders on the podcast in the future. But you kicked it off quite nicely and framed everything quite well. So thank you, Helen, for your catalyst spirit. Thank you, Lara. It's been an absolute pleasure. Awesome. Thank you, Helen. For all the listeners, please like and subscribe to the Catalyst Podcast. Share this episode with a friend and tune in because hopefully in the next few weeks, we'll have more inspiration from IPM Congress. And we will be interviewing Helen again as she talks about her journey and her evolution of the respect model for health and wellness. Thank you and keep coloring outside the lines. One of the main problems in functional medicine delivery is overwhelm. The future is visual. If you're a holistic or integrative practitioner looking to streamline your steps and build your own creative practice, let me help make it easy and flow channeled for you. Check out my premium subscription box delivery service. This is the first digital delivery service just for medical practitioners that are trying to put more functional and integrative principles into their practice. Subscribers get monthly deliveries of digital tools right to your inbox. Your first welcome box includes immediate access to over 60 editable functional medicine infographics. Yep, these are designed specifically for functional medicine. It makes your patient explanations easier, adherence is faster, and it's more fun. You also get a complimentary mentoring session with me, a one-on-one -on -one Zoom session, so I can help you highlight your bottlenecks and help you sequence your next steps. You also get a free copy of my book, Right Brain Rescue. Now, each month, you will have a new digital delivery box, and it will contain a new infographic release that's also editable, vaulted masterclasses from inside my Catalyst Studio 12-month mentorship, as well as SOPs, templates, and other digital tools you can apply in your clinic. There's no contract you can cancel anytime. It's like having a mini mentorship delivered conveniently right to your inbox. Everyone deserves to paint their own work-life masterpiece, and now we can color outside the lines together. Head to drlarasalier.com forward slash shop 
and check out the premium subscription box delivery service. I can't wait to work with you. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Catalyst Podcast. My vision is a world without burnout, and my mission is to teach 1 million medical professionals how to tap into creativity and flow to increase joy and well-being. We all deserve a medical career that is self-expressive, unique, and creative. You can help by signing up for my newsletters. One of my highest values is gratitude, so I love giving back. And each newsletter is gamified. The more you share, the more you win. It's easy to sign up. Just go to drlarasalier.com forward slash win. Thank you for coloring outside the lines with me. 